Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. Today, I am so excited to have this special guest with us, Victor Johnson from Nico Down Projects. He's a certified credit consultant, inspirational speaker, and real estate investor. Victor, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much, Enrique, man. We've been uh, touching base with each other on LinkedIn for the last several months. I'm so honored and thankful to be here with you, talk to you live and in person, even though we're Zoom in person, but I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me out today. It is our blessing. And hey, hey, folks, today it's a special edition. Today we're going to be talking about leadership and finances. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, if there's anything that will break or make you in business is uh, financial literacy. And so I'm so excited to hear Victor's thoughts on all of these uh, things that we'll be discussing today. But before we get into the good things, uh, uh, Victor, uh, take some time and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, thank you so much for that. As you stated, I am a certified credit consultant. I didn't start in this space. I come from the call center world, so I've managed call centers primarily collection agencies and collection law firms or debt purchasing uh, firms, meaning that there are companies out there that buy charged off credit card debt and then uh, they will place them with collection agencies to collect on those. Many people see those on their credit report. They'll, it might be Capital One original, but then it ends up being with portfolio recovery or LVMV funding or something. So I've worked for companies like that where we buy those accounts, spent 17 years in that space and I'm telling you, Enrique, I tell people this all the time. I taught my collection staff how to collect money, well over $750 million over a 17-year career. But a big portion of those 17 years, I wasn't even paying my bills correctly. So there's that whole ironic lifestyle where you, you think you're living this one way, you're making some money, but I was check to checking it, low credit score. I finally adapted a lot of the knowledge from those industries that I was in got serious about getting my finance together because I'm looking at my teenage kids growing up around me and it was like, look, I got to be a better dad, better provider. And so about seven years ago, got my credit scores into the high 700s, changed the way I looked at my money, started attracting better jobs. And so with that, I started investing in real estate. And so now my wife and I own a handful of uh, single family rental properties, doing much better financially. And so my passion is helping people to overcome credit hurdles or other financial stumbling blocks so that they too can start building that generational wealth. Man, that is so wonderful to hear. And you, you, you touched a point that I'm very passionate about it and, and that is doing it, right? Yes. When, when you're a leader and you are uh, instructing people and you rearing people and you teaching people, um, the fact is that most of the time, most of the time you're not doing it, right? right. You're not doing it yeah. for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, thank you for that vulnerability about uh, uh, expressing that because I, I'm about to throw some at you too. Uh, yeah. the, you know, for the better part of most of my naval career, I was in financial shambles, man. Just mm -hmm. going from 
you know, creditor to creditor, man. And, and, yeah. and you know yeah. what I got professional at? Avoiding mm. them calls. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people are good at that too. Yeah. You know, instead of being, instead of getting professional and, 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 yeah. you know, owning your financial state. And that is yeah. so important because for instance, in the Navy, if you had a top secret clearance or a secret clearance, you could literally lose that because of your mm -hmm. financial trouble. That's right. That's you can right. Not, on, not only can you lose your clearance, you could lose your job. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. because a lot of jobs are tied into this financial responsible uh, sailor. So, um, so it, it, finances are so near and dear to me. Um, you know, to be honest, I only learned real financial uh, stability and responsibility with my wife. So it's only right. been, you know, 13, 14 years <laughs> for us or for me. And so, so it, I, I'd be interested in, in taking the topic of, of leader um, mm -hmm. and finances. What would be something that you would advise uh, a leader to do, like, that, you know, from the ground up? Well, I mean, especially if we're staying in the financial space here, you said it a second ago, own your finances. You know, a big part of my coaching that I do with my clients, my credit clients, or if it's just a money mindset client, what we're talking about is let's look at where you really stand. Assess your current situation. A leader has to be that. A leader has to be willing to shed that vulnerability to say, hey, you know, here's where my scars are. This is what I'm going to do to patch myself back up. And so, again, for me, you know, I got tired of pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. And I really wanted to be this guy that could be supportive of my family and, you know, take trips and do things without having to worry about, well, I got to wait till I get paid or do I have the credit limit to be able to do those type of things. So I would encourage anyone out there who is a leader and also uh, looking to lead people in a financial spaces Confront your own situation, pull your credit reports, go to myfico.com or actually even better, annualcreditreports.com uh, as part of the CARES Act through COVID-19. They are allowing consumers to order their credit report for free every week for the next year. So what that means is that you can check your all three credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax for free of charge if you go to annualcreditreport.com and they will allow you to get those updated reports. Um, that's important, knowing where you stand and what behaviors you have that are causing you to either go up or down with that score or with your other finances. That's the first step. Just confront it directly and you set it on your own situation. So, so being self-aware in your financial space, um, I hear you because that's really where <clears throat> I lacked all those years. Um, instead of being aware and owning, I pawned it off for another day yeah, <laughs> and another right. day turned to another year. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But guess what? The finances, the, the financial interest rates did not go, uh, go down for me no, uh, because no, I avoided it. It didn't mean that it went away. Right. So and sometimes we do that uh, in our financial situations. And, yeah. uh, you know, like you said, I, uh, you know, it's a great encouragement. I, I love what you said, you know, uh, you, you, you have to look inside, look at your own situation. Uh, that brings us to, uh, you know, when you talk about leaders and teaching, right? I, I, and I always say, you know, uh, practice what you preach. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, 
you, you mentioned the, the CARES Act, and I, I'm, I'm interested in that because I did not know uh, until you said it uh, about the weekly thing. Um, mm -hmm. What other things uh, may be of a benefit for folks uh, during this time? Great question. So uh, if a person needs to make a special payment arrangement on a loan, we'll let that be car note, personal loan, uh, even mortgage in some cases. Uh, if, it, if the person was current on that account as of January 31st, 2020, but now they find themselves, because of their work situation, they're unemployed, they're reduced hours, they need to make some payment arrangements, the credit bureaus as part of the CARES Act specifically, are now going to continue to report that person as current on that loan, even if they're extending you know, that payment arrangement out beyond that month or a couple of months. So if you were current as at the start, we'll say, of COVID-19, which uh, as far as this, this act is concerned, they're calling it January 31st, 2020, and you were current and you reach out to your creditor to make a payment arrangement, you will they have to report you continue uh, to continue to report you as a current status, which is very positive. Uh, you know, if you were behind on a car note uh, this last month or two and you worked out something with that creditor and the fact that they have to report it as current, man, that's huge. Because uh, otherwise that could have been a 30 day late on your credit report and 30 day lates could be as much as 50, 60 points reduced on your credit score. So if that person is also looking to get additional financing later this year, that's one less thing they have to worry about to recoup those points they lost because they had to do a special payment arrangement during a time that they couldn't control their income situation. So that's something I would applaud the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the CARES Act for doing. Um, they're allowing people to be reported as current during this time. There are some other uh, very specific stipulations. It doesn't account for like charge off accounts. If you were charged off as of January 31st, that won't count. But if you were, you know, again, actively paying and current, you will continue to be reported as current. Wow, that is some great news for, for folks out there. And, um, you know, I talk about leadership, communication, these, these things, because like I'm thinking, oh man, I'm a leader. I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, man, I should know that because, <laughs> but it's not, it's not my space, right? It's right, not my right. space. But um, um, communicating with folks, uh, if, if you're a leader, communicate with those in the right spaces so you can have something to share with your, with your people because um, I don't know. And I'd be interested in really knowing how many leaders are doing their homework so that they can help their teams. I, I tell you that that's probably a small number, but, uh, but I encourage you, if you're listening and you're a leader, uh, get educated enough or speak with those that are educated enough so that you can pass these things on uh, to your people. And uh, talking about communication, um, uh, in, in the financial space, what are some ways that leaders can get that type of communication? Uh, um, you know, are there any websites they can, uh, you know, mm -hmm. tag into? For sure. So first of all, I would, uh, you know, invite anybody that's watching or, you know, following you that if you need somebody that has, a, you know, certified credit expertise, I'll volunteer myself. If you want to reach out to me, victorvjohnson.com or nicodonprojects.com. I'd love to come on a Zoom webinar and do 30 minute presentation and just go over some highlights of things people could do to improve their credit scores or even their personal finances during this time. 
I've actually already been doing quite a few of those this last couple of months. So it's not an issue for me to do that again. So I would say reach out to me for that, victorvjohnson.com or Nico Don Projects. And then also, it's very important, people can visit myfico.com, M-Y-F-I-C-O.com. They're offering a lot of good education. Um, the Small Business Administration, so sba.gov. If you go to their website, um, they are offering tons and tons of financial information, uh, especially for small business owners, obviously. And then from consumers, there's several sites that I've actually come across here lately. But, you know, going to things like the uh, cfpb.gov, that's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau.gov. Um, they're offering a lot of financial literacy. You can visit uh, your bank's website, many of the banks, they're trying to help mitigate some of the, the forbearance requests that they're getting and, and the special payment arrangements that they're getting. And they would prefer to educate people on ways to balance out their finances as opposed to having to continue to you know, take these hits financially on their side. So visit your bank, see if there's some information that they can offer to you. But by and large, there's tons of information. If you just hit Google and type in financial literacy, that's something I would recommend. Um, and check out some apps like mint.com, M-I-N-T.com, or personalcapital.com. I love these tools for helping manage your uh, monthly income and outgo for your household. Well, there you have it, leaders. Some, some resources for you, Victor being number one. Um, uh, you know, I, I follow him and all his posts on financial literacy and tips of, of that nature. And I know that some of those have helped me along the way. So reach out to him, but get on these websites, share the information with your folks. Um, right now where most people are still tucked away in their house, working from home, it's tough to, uh, you know, key into those things that you would see at the workspace, right? Yeah. Because financial trouble causes some stress. Yes. <laughs> it causes yes. some stress. It's not always the spouse. It's not always the kids. Um, and, and when you're in your workspace and you see these visible cues of, man, there's something wrong. Let me, let me find out, you know. Yeah. Now, it's easier said in the military than it is outside, right? I don't know how, you know, how... Uh, likely I would be to say, you know, hey, how's it going financially? <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> like right. Getting yeah. people's business. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the military, you know, we can do that because that financial state uh, really uh, can impair the uh, deployability of folks yeah. and things like that. So we get a little leeway on intrusion. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, and I'll uh, tell you this, I mean, just thinking back to my corporate life when I was running these collection agencies, you said it, man, uh, you know, military personnel, as much as we appreciate them for fighting and sacrificing and putting their families on the line day in, day out for us, we still don't do very much to help them financially. Uh, you know, there's some entities out there, but I can remember in my collection agency days, I mean, if we had somebody that was being difficult with a payment, and this was many years ago when I was a little younger, brasher, you know, arrogant kind of guy, but you know, we would reach out to the commanding officers and say, hey, let them know that we got a situation. Your guy's not paying his bill, you know, and of course there's been some tighter uh, privacy regulations since that time. But you know, these are things like you said that could impact somebody's employment. Not only that is outside of the military world, 10% of employers now are pulling your credit report 
to see whether or not what type of character you have as it relates to your responsibilities to your creditors. You know, if you're not paying things you've made a commitment to, that could suggest that you won't be that strong of a leader or a great uh, mm. commitment keeper in our workspace, wow. uh, especially in a leadership role. You know, we don't want leaders that are telling people one thing and then not doing it. So how does that translate to the people that are looking up to you? Now we're going to have a bunch of people like that. So these are the type of things that uh, credit and finances are going farther than beyond just your household. Employers are now looking at it and it becomes a character reference on you. Wow. So, so, you know, it's become a tall tale of the hidden, the hidden you, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because, yep. you know, finances are, are something usually held very private. And, yep. uh, and so now, uh, these things are coming to play. So uh, now, you know, now that we got a real good financial background on there uh, uh, for, for the listeners, I, I would love to talk about uh, leadership and, 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 mm -hmm. and, and what you've seen uh, along your years and, and experience going through the corporate life, now running your yeah. own thing. Um, what are some of the things that you would um, advise leaders? So first thing is, uh, pay attention to the small stuff. Um, you know, as a leader, whether it's in a corporate space or as a, at a school or a team, you know, pay attention to the little nuances of your team, how people are interacting with each other. You know, a lot of times if, as a leader, if you're paying attention to those things, you can find where there's synergies or lack of synergies amongst your team members. You know, uh, I can recall running a call center and having two people sitting next to each other that I just couldn't get the best production out of them. They liked talking. They loved each other. They were always gossiping. And I'm losing my average call time, average hold times on my call center stats. And I decided to separate these folks. And I literally put somebody who doesn't necessarily like another person next to each other. I don't have the issue of them talking to each other. That's for sure. And there were definitely not any conflicts because they just were so focused on just working. I'm not going to sit here and talk to Sally. I got to get my money, you know? And so paying attention to the little nuances amongst your team members and being patient enough to work through some of those things. Um, you know, I, I used to love being the type of manager that would sit down with my agent and make a phone call with them, observe me in my space so that, you know, it can help you take some good examples of what it is rather than just barking orders down to somebody, be somebody that can roll the sleeves up and lead from the front. You know, that's a very important part to leadership. Wow, man, that, you, you're, you're talking and in my head, this, this word comes out, setting the tone. Yes, sir. <laughs> setting yes, the sir. tone, wow, how, how important is that? And, uh, you know, uh, the nuances is really what gets you, right? It's, that's really what, uh, what separates you from the leader that's paying attention from, uh, versus the leader that's just getting the paycheck <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there are some right uh, yep. and, and I'm sure people listening are probably shaking their head <laughs> um, but you know uh, you know that takes a leader being able to not only to observe but to communicate right Oh, absolutely I mean that's number one really I probably should have started there Enrique I mean if you can't communicate effectively it's going to be very difficult to be successful because look at this as a leader, you are having the responsibility of educating, teaching, having the vision and foresight to see things ahead of time and to adjust and communicate that downwards. 
but you also have to have the ability to communicate effectively upwardly to your leadership. You know, your leadership has specific directions and they're entrusting in you to be able to execute on certain directives and processes and things. And so if you can't communicate upward to people that are at a higher level than you, you can't communicate with your shareholders, your stakeholders on your level, and you can't communicate with anybody below you, then you're kind of useless as a leader. You're not effective as a leader because there's things that this person needs to communicate down to that person and you become that conduit. And if you can't be effective as a communicator, it's probably not uh, in your skill set to be a strong leader. Just being honest. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a powerful statement and and one that I know has uh, proved to be proven to be true uh, uh, in a lot of instances, right? Uh, because sometimes you'll get a leader that is not as strong in some areas that is shored up by somebody else, uh, mm -hmm. someone in another department or someone in their own team could be a strong person in, a, in one area and, and be showing them up uh, and, and getting them through. Um, it's, it's funny when you talk about shoring people up uh, and, and, and leaders, um, there are strengths and weaknesses in folks. Um, leaders uh, tend to mask theirs because of their position. Um, but, uh, as well as you have to understand your team, um, you should understand yourself in that regard yeah. uh, and, and yeah. because it's gonna make a difference. So what can you tell us about weaknesses and strengths in leaders and, and, and things that you've seen? Well, that's a really good one. And uh, in my younger career, I didn't have a strong hold on really understanding the deeper level of personalities um, over the last several years of my career, I started implementing DISC assessments oh, where I'm looking at people's personality traits. Uh, are you a high D, a low I, you know, and really better understanding a person's personality, not only theirs, but my own and understanding where I stand on the DISC assessment um, and being able to communicate based on those strengths and weaknesses, so, uh, putting people around me that have a stronger strength in my weaker areas and vice versa, being able to be a stronger person to support somebody in their weaker areas. You know, that's what really makes a strong team, right? I mean, being a leader is somebody who can say, hey, I'm not strong at bookkeeping, but she's great at bookkeeping, loves doing bookkeeping. I'm gonna have her over our bookkeeping department. You know, uh, this, this young lady or this guy is great at marketing. I can't stand being on social media, blah, blah, blah. You know, being that person that can see those skill sets from people and then putting them in the right position so that they can survive, they can strive and become successful. That's what makes us successful leaders, I believe, Enrique. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's just wonderful. You know, that your um, flexibility, clarity of vision, I'm, 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 all these things are popping in my head as you're talking because to identify those folks, you have to be clear-sighted. Right, it can't be contaminated. It, it can't be, um, there's a word that we were always weary of, which was fraternization, right? None of that mm -hmm. can you know, cloud your vision in terms of your people. So you can actually put those people that belong there right. you know, in the right seats. Because sometimes, uh, you know, I, and I've seen it. Hey, Joe, you know, we've been buddies. You wanna head the sales department? <laughs> 
Yeah. And Joe was like, sure, how much you gonna pay me? Oh my God, that <laughs> nepotism. Yeah. And then the whole sales department goes to, you know, to somewhere. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and your salespeople suffer, right? So I said, that's just an example, it's arbitrary, I just made it up. But, yeah. but you see it and in, in play out in so many ways. So, and, and I love when you say identify those people because it, it really does take clarity of vision and flexibility to do that. How does, how does a leader get there? You gotta be committed. You know, this is not one of those things you just wake up and ah, this is what I'm gonna do. You have to study and research how to be an effective leader. Um, obviously, people that are out there that are strong leaders, many of them have studied people like John Maxwell. You know, these are powerful, dominant, global leaders, you know, that, that, uh, that you can study from, you know. Um, I was a huge fan of, you know, books like uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough's book, To Think and Grow Rich. Um, and of course, the original version was way back when. Um, but it's just reading and researching, taking uh, a good aspect on the areas of your industry, if it's a specific industry that you're in, being knowledgeable. You touched on this earlier, Enrique, just being that person that can communicate things that maybe the normal team members can't see. Um, it's just really important to, to constantly be in a state of learning every single day, trying to expand yourself and your knowledge base and being able to not only gather this knowledge, but execute on it, put action to it, you know, work those things into your immediate daily action. Um, here's an example for uh, what I would do in my call center. Again, where our job was on the phones, communicating, talking to consumers and customers. And I had this thing where I would send out to the team every day, a new word of the day. You know, here's a new word. Here's a definition of the word. Here's an example of how to use the word. And I would challenge the team members to use that word before five o'clock today and start implementing that stuff because knowledge is wasted unless it's executed upon. You know what I mean? So just be in a constant state of learning and implementing what you're learning. I love that approach because uh, it was an investment. That's how, that's how I saw, I see that. You invested a, yeah, it was a process. Yeah, you, you instituted this thing, the word of the day, but it was an investment in your people that you mm -hmm. employed and wow, what a better way to surround your team with uh, not only the knowledge, but how to use it. Because in communication, and which was the, the basis of your whole work center, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, basically mandate, communicate, right? right? And <clears throat> if you can't control, control those words or be able to learn how to use those words, mm -hmm. uh, it, it would mean the, the difference between actually getting that money or right. waiting another turn. And even more importantly than that, you know, and I look back in my career now, 20 years ago when I started leading different people or whatever, and I still am in contact with many of these people that tell me, man, thank you so much for implementing different things like this because it helped me to be a better communicator and I've been moved up in, in leadership roles. Now I'm a leader of teams and I do different things like that. So leaders are always developing other leaders. That's the big thing. Oh, that's for sure. Now that took a lot of uh, uh, trust in your team, right? That took a lot of trust in your team, um, uh, leaning on their strengths, uh, identifying the areas maybe they needed some help in, and you you helped them by these little tools that you implemented 
in, in your day-to-day -day execution of your job. Um, uh, and, and really, a, a leader wants to get their folks to the point where they feel like they're contributing, where they feel that what they've done that day actually paid off at the end, right? So how, how do leaders uh, develop and foster those types of environments? Well, again, you need to be in a constant state where you're helping people to become greater and to make others greater. You have to continue to be working greater. And, and then you got to kind of give them a chance to mess it up. You know, stand back, allow them to execute on what they've just learned, allow them to be rough around the edges and make that mistake. You know, there's a great example of a story that I love to tell. Uh, even like now, right now, ESPN showing this the last dance thing with Michael Jordan, whatever, because I don't have any other sports to show, right? But um, I've been talking about this one particular story for the last two years since I've been speaking to college kids. And there's a scene from Michael Jordan, game six, 1997 playoffs. They're playing, uh, they're in the final game. I think it was Utah Jazz. And uh, Steve Kerr, who's now the coach of the Golden State Warriors, was basically like a sixth, seventh man on the, the Chicago Bulls roster. And uh, Jordan, there's, you know, 15 seconds of play in the game. They're down by a point, you know, and this is going to take this to game seven if they don't pull this shot off to get the lead. And Jordan tells uh, Steve Kerr in that final uh, timeout, he says, look, man, it's going to be three guys on me. I can make the shot. I'm Michael Jordan. I can make that shot. But you will be wide open at the top of the key. I'm going to kick it to you. Can you make the shot? And Steve Kerr says, yeah, man, I'll be open. I'm executed. I remember we had this same scenario last, you know, last game, two games ago. I'll be ready for you. So to have that trust, this is Michael Jordan, the most popular man in the world at the time, to defer the ball to his sixth or seventh guy on the bench to hit the game-winning shot. They win the game. They win the series. Jordan gets all the fame for being this great, you know, champ. But looking back at it, it was what made him a great champion was that he was willing to delegate to one of the team members. And it was countless hours that they probably practiced this over and over and over and went through the pain of practicing. But in that moment, Steve Kerr was able to step up, probably not because so much of him shooting the ball 100 times, but because his leader trusted in him to make that. And he felt confident in himself because his leader was confident. That's what leadership is, Enrique, man. I'm sorry it would be long-winded, but I think that's such a great example of leadership. And it just proves that we all win when we're willing to delegate and allow people to, to step into their greatness. No, I, I love it. And, 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 you know, to defer your praise for the benefit of your people and defer it to them, what a most marvelous example of a leader, right? Because that is really what you are being charged with, right? Right. So a lot of leaders are there because they were the technical experts, right? Mm -hmm. The top of their chain. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are the top of your technical expertise and you get into leadership and you cannot defer to your people, when there is praise to be had, then you have lost whatever bit, <laughs> whatever bit of credibility you had. Right. Yep. You have just lost it because yep. what you just proved is 
that you are only the top technical expert. Mm. That is all. That's powerful, brother. Yes, sir. That's it. <laughs> so, no, I, I, and, and the story, it's it just so, so wonderful. Man, it makes me want to, as a matter of fact, I'm going to, after this, I'm going to go check it out. Go watch it, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm going to find it uh, because it's inspirational. And, you know, uh, folks that are listening, leaders, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. We talked about financial literacy. We've talked about uh, tips that are going to help you in that arena. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about things that will help you on the leadership side. Um, if, uh, uh, you know, Victor, if somebody needed to get a hold of you, how, how would they do that? So you can visit my website. You know, I have the domain going to two different addresses, but it's the same place, victorvjohnson.com or nicodonprojects, N-I-C-O-D-O-N projects.com. I love to be somebody's, uh, you know, coach if they need help on the credit side, the financial side, or getting into real estate investing. I, I love to do that and also build business owners. So if that's uh, something for you, reach out to me. I love to be a resource. And of course, on LinkedIn, Victor V. Johnson. That's where I'm at. Outstanding. Well, folks, you heard it. Uh, reach out to Victor. He's a wealth of knowledge on the financial space. And, you know, just heard it from him on the real estate if you're looking to get into those areas, uh, give them a shout out. Make sure to have all your information down on the bottom of the screen so they can get a hold of you. Uh, and, that. you know, uh, financial literacy uh, is a, it's a game changer for people's lives. This is not just a sing single event thing. Uh, get financial, financially literate and teach your people to be financially li literate. Uh, it's just one less thing you will have to deal with down the road, but they will all uh, praise you for it uh, sooner or later because it really does impact uh, you, not only you, your workspace, but your generations. And that's how I see finances now generationally uh, beneficial. And mm -hmm. so, folks, thank you for listening in. Uh, we're so happy that you shared this time with us. Uh, Victor, thank you once again. And to everybody listening, success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.